From runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 890, Future of Integrated Communication with guest Bob Sir. Recorded Thursday, May 25th, 2023. Run As Radio is produced each week by Sound Thoughts, LLC. For more information, visit soundthoughtsllc.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Hi, this is Richard Campbell. Thanks for listening to Run As Radio. I'm here at Build in Seattle. Uh, I've been having an amazing conference. The keynote yesterday was stunning, and I've had an opportunity to talk to Bob Sirs, the Vice President of Azure Communication Services. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, glad to have you on. And uh, I have done a show on ACS a couple of years ago yeah. with Marianne, who yeah. is lovely. Yeah. I don't think it's a product that a lot of people know a ton about. Yeah. But uh, how do you explain it? Like, what is that job? Well, so Azure Communication Services, obviously, because of the name, is part of Azure. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about uh, what Microsoft wants to offer developers through Azure is the ability to build their applications, their workloads in the way they want, deployed in the way they want, mm-hmm. run it the way they want. And so Azure Communication Services is the communication uh, sort of offering underneath Azure. So it's a fully managed uh, communication system communication platform that includes communication capabilities like calling, voice, video, chat, uh, SMS, texting, just je- messaging in general. And um, and so our what we're offering developers is the ability to embed communications in their applications and their workflows right. for the purpose of better engaging with their customers. Nice. And I think, I think one of the things that Mary and I talked about was this idea that yeah, we've got chat and we've got video and so forth in Teams, but right. why jump out of the app that you're working in that you want to collaborate over to go over there to do that? You want to do it right where you are. That's exactly right. We yeah. want to, that, and we say that a lot. We we want to enable our customers to meet their customers where they are. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if you think about a virtual uh, banking uh, or maybe a virtual healthcare, you're the easiest thing for a patient is to get a text reminder. And to just click on that reminder yeah. and, and join in whatever mobile browser they have. There, there's a lot of we because we used to actually try this by by just embedding some form of like a Teams client, right. and we saw a lot of abandonment. People say, "Hey, I don't know how to create an account. I don't want to don't download anything." And so, just doing as soon as there's any barrier, exactly there, right? So, just reducing friction yeah. and and then enabling the brand to also differentiate yeah. by uh, by putting their information, their workflow around that communications experience is super important. Have you seen pressure against install? apps in general on devices these days? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually really interesting. Um, We have mobile SDKs for Android and iOS and web. And and the the usage on our web SDKs is... uh, by far the majority. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and so I think it just depends on... Some of it is capability for the developers. Right. Um, they don't want to go and build an app for the purpose of communicating with their customers. And so if they already have an app, we'll make it really easy to embed communications. But in. yeah, in a lot of cases, it's just easier to to have that experience in a browser. Now, I know we don't want to create a login and all those sorts of things, but we still need to carry an identity for That's both right. people in there. So That's right. It is incumbent on the 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 customer who's build your customer rather right. that's building the app that's to right. say how do we apply an identity to 
the um, their customer that's trying to uh, exactly. Yeah, think about it. Like if you if you bank with AB and AMRO, mm-hmm. you already have an account with AB and AMRO, right? And you know how to log into the AB and AMRO website or the app to go check your balances, look at your statements. And so you should be able to use that exact same identity to communicate with your broker. Does that mean that identity has to be something in Azure B2C or anything like that? Do you no. care what that identity is? We call it bring your own identity. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think BYO, BYO ID, it's, it's, uh, I always get confused of which ones should be capitalized in that, but, uh, <laughs> but bring your own identity. Yeah. So, so we just, we let our developers manage their identities um, we'll, we'll, we'll know about them because we'll, we'll create a, a token basically for that user. Right. Um, and so that way we can have any, you know, message history or other things like that for the user. But, uh, so you uh, literally maintaining a token for a user. That's right. Multi-session. Correct. Okay. That's yep. cool. So yep. you, that's really a service for me as the developer. That's then right. To say, Hey, I don't, I, I don't have to worry about maintaining history. On exactly. All exactly. Cause I'd, I'd be happy enough with that session token right and then give me the responsibility yep. for keeping those things together yep. we, we actually leave it up to the developer so mm-hmm. they can uh they can effectively uh recreate an identity for you every time right or they can reuse it yeah. uh, it's better to reuse it because then you take advantage of all the other all the uh, other mechanisms yep, so exactly. underlying this is additional services for saying these are the past calls past messages that kind of thing yeah exactly yeah so yeah, it's just bringing all of those pieces together so that that norm that people are now expecting to be able to interact when they want to right Yep. And, and here we are at Build, which seems to be like the all AI story. Right. Uh, because now, you you know, we've been already living with chatbots for a while. I haven't seen anyone talk about applying large language models to chatbots for like first tier tech support. That's yeah. the thing. But yeah. It seems like an obvious ad. It is a complete obvious ad. Um and uh, I think that we should time it. How long did it take us from this conversation before we started talking about AI? <laughs> King. Yeah. Have yeah. a drink. I think we have um, three minutes. Yeah. So we're <laughs> super excited about the the possibilities with AI. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about, again, the the value proposition for embedding communications is to engage with your customers in a, in right. a, in a richer way. Yeah. And, um, and AI supports that. And yeah. so the, the interesting sort of challenges that we'll have is it's not the same as a business co-pilot or it's not the same as something like a business chat where where you're a frontline worker or you're an enterprise employee who has access to all your enterprise data and you can chat with something or you can use a large language model to help you get your job done, we will certainly deploy that that concept. So so if a customer is talking to um, an agent or a frontline worker, that frontline worker should have access to a co-pilot to sure. help have a better conversation with a customer. But we also believe that that not all interactions with the brand are going to be with a human. Right. Right. And so that's where there's a just bot for involved. expedience sake. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, we, we, we always kind of, we think of it as, um, as, uh, if you can solve the problem in a self-service way, it's better for the customer sure. and they, it's clearly better for, for the company because it's, it's, they can save money that way. And so, mm-hmm. so what we want to do is use AI to drive more high value conversations between humans, which means we need to be really smart about knowing when we can solve the problem in a self-serve way through some type of a bot. And you've just thrown two different ideas at me at the same time that I like both. When I'm, I'm imagining myself as who spent plenty of time on a, on a help desk, yep. you know, interacting on chat mm-hmm. and having Copilot watch my chat Absolutely. and maybe adding in for, for me, yep. pulling stuff up so that while, you know, it reads faster than I do. So right. it could be fetching ahead of even me fetching. Exactly. Stuff. Exactly. And then the other side of, you're just the customers directly interacting with the chat bot. Like 
I've been pretty happy with the old fact bot systems yeah. where all the stuff that's normally an FAQ that people have a tough time searching out, being able to ask those questions and it would just spit them out. Right. And that's a whole class of question you don't have to otherwise answer. Yep. And this is just leveling that up. Yep, exactly. Always the problem with those tools is when do you hand off to the person? That's exactly right. How do you hand that's off exactly to the right. person? Yeah. Yeah. And so so this is where we if you think of the journey of a customer communicating with I just call it a brand. So it's mm-hmm. like, cause it, then you can differentiate between the customer of our customers and our customers, right? Yes. So the brand is an AB and Amaro, for example. And, and the journey of a customer communicating with, uh, an AB and Amaro would be, um, a starting point of the customer wants to get something done. Right. And so the first thing that we need to do is to figure out that intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and historically that, that's clumsy, right? Like even if you have a chat bot, it's better, but it's still clumsy. You know, old IVR is press one for this, press two for that. Right. Or you say, you know, uh, change a beneficiary or something like that. And hopefully you said the right words. So, so the first step is if we can, if we can use AI to detect the intent and then immediately, uh, bring in the context of the customer and how to solve that intent, mm-hmm. then we can figure out how to route it. Yeah. And, and, and so that's where we can say, Hey, uh, this is a change, change of beneficiary. It's pretty simple. Uh, we can basically solve this through a chatbot. Right. Uh, if it's, if it's, you know, something more complicated that involves a human verification or something like that, then we can be smart about, all right, now I need to route it to a human or, and I should say, we should also, we can also do things like detect sentiment. Mm-hmm. Is the is the customer frustrated? Yeah, how frustrated are they? Right, and That's so this is classic. yeah, this is the beauty of it. It's like all these things that can be done in, almost in like an ambient way to help. Then in a direct way is super powerful. And and then when we decide to route it to a human, we can be really smart and use frankly even AI models to to, to route it to the right cue to the right human who knows exactly how to solve that problem for right. you. Right. Yeah, the, I mean, I was always questioned if could the software talk someone off out of frustration or not. Yeah, I certainly <laughs> have been the guy who needed to talk someone down right. too. Right? Like, yeah. that's if there's any skill you learn working a help desk. It's that how do I? They didn't call you when things were good. Right. <laughs> and now right. a certain amount of time has passed and right. things are worse. Right. Like, how do you get them to a point yeah. where you can get them comfortable? But yeah. It is interesting you know, to think about how a tool might be able to moderate language and yeah. help them. And so that's actually another, you bring up another really good point in, in a lot of these um, customer facing scenarios where you want to use a large language model in a direct to customer way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the organization needs to, and tuning isn't the right word because you're not really tuning the model, but you need right. to prompt it. Uh, you know, so there was a lot of stuff yesterday about prompt engineering, which I'm super excited about, but you need to, uh, constrain the conversation so that it's specifically about the domain that you're trying to solve. And you can also personalize it. Like right. you can put some personality into it, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, uh, respond to this with empathy or yes. something like that. And so then, then maybe you'll have a, sh- a shot at, uh, you know, the chat bot or, or we can even do this through voice, um, talking that person off the ledge. Right. Um, who knows, you know I mean? Otherwise being smart enough to, to, to pass it on to a human. Well, just the, 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 the idea of adding sentiment analysis and having that fed into there is a there is a sentiment we're looking for right and these are the ma- and these exactly. are the approaches to move towards that yeah. sentiment yeah yeah I, I also appreciate the idea that you could be engaged with the you could the bot could be doing its thing trying to get them through and 
anticipating that it's going to need help and get you in the queue early. Exactly. So that you're waiting for less time. That's a good point. Yeah, exactly. While still potentially moving the conversation moving forward. forward. Yeah. Like it, was, it might pull you back out of the queue. Yep. Mm-hmm. I could even see it bumping itself down the queue. Yeah. Like I'm yeah, having I, success. Wait, I might where, not my, need I to write that down. Oh, yeah, write yeah, that that's one my down. Roadmap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 I mean, I've certainly also had that game with tier one, tier two work I've done yeah. where – I'm feeling like this is going to be a tier two problem. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm on the side messaging the tier two guys. Yep. Saying, I might have to pass this one to you. Yep. And then, Oh no, he's making it sound more complicated. That's actually, actually great. Is. Yeah, I love that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that anticipation, cause you're always trying to get the flow done, yep. right? It's yep. like, yep. I, I want this person's problem solved as quickly as possible. Exactly. Whatever we got to engage to do it is yeah, good. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really fun one to think about. Yep. And I'm, I'm mostly been thinking in terms of text, but you know, the ACS's power is really that voice video. Yeah. You know, appearing wherever it needs to be. Absolutely. And so voice is very, very powerful. Video is even more powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be interesting to see where video gets deployed over time. Yeah. Today, it's, you know, mostly the virtual appointment concept. You meet your doctor, you meet your sort of financial consultant. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, we're we're curious if we'll end up seeing those in more of the support scenarios. How much does a face help? You know, that I think moment. it helps a lot. I tend to agree. Yeah. And for, for as much as that might cost yeah. to just say, if we can get to resolutions faster because yeah. we bring a real voice and we bring a real face yeah, exactly. to the equation, you know, uh, how much the better is that actually? I'm, I think the pandemic brought us to the online medical things so forth so much faster. Yep. It was largely resisted where I was uh, living. Now it's just commonplace. Right. If I need a prescription renewal, my doctor would be annoyed if I actually came in for that. Yeah, He'd exactly. rather do it remote. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of, it, it's human nature. You um, Before uh, you did everything on the internet, you would you prefer to, if you needed to get a banking transaction done, mm-hmm. stand in front of the teller yeah. or, or try to do it over the phone? Yeah. Um, so I, I think seeing the reaction, the body language, all those things I think is super super powerful. And it's not just like, I like to say there's a very wide surface area uh, over which a a brand communicates with their customer. It's not all about customer support. So it's not all about the bad stuff. It could be product discovery. Mm -hmm. It could be learning about uh, a product or or buying a product or a transaction. And so even in those cases, having a a video, sort of a person walk you through it, I think is very powerful. Yeah. The ways to help explore a product or understand the problem. Yep. Even my, you know, as soon as you can introduce videos, like, Hey, you know, let's reboot your device. Yeah. I don't have to describe how to reboot yeah, your exactly. device. It's like, here's your device. Yeah. Push here. Right, right. You know, that all of that is why have we done that? That seems very obvious yeah. as soon as you yeah. say it. Yeah. The idea that you're in an app working through something like that and suddenly it just pops up and goes, here's the steps. Like, exactly. You walk yeah. you through them. Yep, exactly. It's, it's cool stuff. Yep. Yeah. It's all about, but it has nothing to do with teams per se. I mean, we always associate ACS with teams because I think it's the same engine underlying it. It's the same engine and they work really well together. Right. So the, the, the pitch that we'll typically make when we talk about how we differentiate or the value proposition Azure Communication Services can offer compared to you know other vendors in the market. Number one, we get the scale mm-hmm. and the security and the compliance that we already offer to our team's customers and 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 frankly all of our M three sixty five customers. Right. So uh, that's a big deal. Um, you don't have to worry about global scale. We've already fixed latency problems. We know yeah. how to handle quality over all the devices. Like those are those are really really hard problems to solve. Yeah. And we've, we've spent, you know, probably decades solving those problems. Yeah, and, and you get that just by using the service. Yeah, you don't, you don't exactly, have to think about exactly. It. And then the second thing is 
uh, it does actually, um, because it's based on the same infrastructure, we also can interoperate. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so in a lot of cases, our customers, when they're thinking about B2C communications, the B side of that is their frontline worker uh, who's actually on Teams. Right. And they still want to build a custom meet the customer where they are communication experience through ACS. Mm-hmm. But it's really nice that that we can bridge that conversation together. So when you're at AB and AMRO talking to your banker, your banker could be on Teams using a co-pilot and, and looking at their other enterprise data, whereas the the financial customer is is on an ACS client. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, and, and again, it's all about meeting them where they are right. and, and having control over that and knowing no, no matter how far you go with this, it's going to work. Exactly. I mean, there's some latency things you're just not going to beat. We're right. going to start having people hanging out on the moon all the time. Yeah, and we... <laughs> the speed of light is the tough. The speed of light is tough. Yeah, you can't... <laughs> We haven't found a way to solve that problem yet. Yeah, oddly enough. <laughs> I don't think that's a software thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, going to be yeah. some new physics right, to pull right, that one right, off. Right, exactly. And Bob, i got to interrupt for one moment for this very important message. This episode is run as is brought to you by the Azure Data Conference at the Walt Disney Swan and Dolphin Resort in Orlando, Florida, December 5th to 7th. With keynotes by Microsoft Corporate Vice President of Azure Data, Arun Gulag, and CVP Jessica Hawk, You'll hear from the Microsoft leadership about where data is going at Microsoft, both on-premises and in Azure. Industry experts and speakers from Microsoft will help you learn proven problem-solving techniques and technologies you can implement immediately and gain insight into Microsoft's data strategies for the cloud and on-premises. Get answers to performance monitoring, troubleshooting, designing for scale and performance, working in the cloud, and exploring all the new features of the latest versions of Azure Data and Microsoft SQL Server. The Azure Data Conference is co-located with the Azure and AI Conference and Dev Intersection. Attend the show and you'll be at the intersection of an incredible array of learning opportunities, and your ticket gives access to all the events. The Azure Data Conference is at the Walt Disney Swan and Dolphin Resort in Orlando, Florida, December 5th to 7th. Use the code RUNAS to get a discount on your registration at azuredataconf.com, and I'll see you there. And we're back. It's Run As Radio. I'm Richard Campbell. This is Bob Sir. We're talking a little bit about Azure Communication Services. Now, you have a past life. Yeah. <laughs> Before, I mean, you've only been at Microsoft for a few years now. Correct. Um, but you also worked on Alexa. That's right. Back in the day. Yep. Um, which is another kind of voice product. I mean, I've I've got them all, you know, right. as a gadget yep, guy yep. and tried all the things and and built some gadgets for Alexa as well. So you've worked on a few different coding stacks yep. for how to, to apply the service. Can you tell us any stories around that? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Um, when I was working on Alexa and I ran a thing called the Alexa Skills Kit, which mm-hmm. is which is uh, used to enable developers to build voice experiences or what we call skills for Alexa. Right. Um Super exciting space. Uh, at the time, you know, Alexa was revolutionary to the industry, sort of that sort of far field device that can handle sort of uh, AI over voice, conversational AI sort of across the room, super powerful. Um, my role there was actually very similar to my role here at Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And so when I was thinking about making the switch to Microsoft, um, there were a couple things. One was I really loved what I did at Alexa mm-hmm. and, and I loved the, the AI and the conversational AI space. And so, um, but the, the, the pattern that was very similar was my job in Alexa skills kit, which is similar to my job in ACS is to, uh, take a really great one P product 
take the infrastructure that powers a really great 1P product mm -hmm. and turn it into a, a, a development platform for third-party developers to go build stuff. Right. How do you surface this to people you, that don't work for the company right. for them to be able to program it? Yeah. And the headwinds, like the internal headwinds are the same. They're very similar. Right. Um, when you're using technology that was purpose-built for a product, uh, the mindset of the people who own that are that the product can solve everything for the customer. Right. And so, uh, so it, it takes some convincing to, to say, well, actually, if we go and expose these capabilities, we're going to find developers doing things that we didn't think of. Mm -hmm. And that's the magic, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, what you, what's a better definition of an ecosystem? Is right, exactly. You've got folks outside of your immediate control yep. doing things with your product you could never that's imagine. Right. That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you want to ultimately have a flywheel, right? Where it's like those developers are, are, are building more things, adding value in ways that you never thought, mm -hmm. and it's bringing more consumers or people to come in and buy yeah. in the Alexa world to buy that device. I find it fascinating that, was it just last year that both both Google and Amazon talked about, hey, you know, we had these goals of our voice products and we didn't really meet them. So we're, we're rethinking strategy and so yeah. forth. And then by the fall, ChatGPT appears and yeah. we're like, huh, what's happening with, with voice exactly? Yeah. Like it, we, it, we do seem to be in a weird inflection time yeah. where these different elements are coming together. We've been trying a lot of things for a while. Right. Yeah. The thing that's, um, we had we had a lot of challenges at Alexa around, and I think all the devices have this, which is how do you drive engagement? Yes, and uh, and 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 part of that comes from the quality of the experience, mm -hmm. the the state of uh, natural language processing, natural language understanding. Um, when I was at Alexa, which is now four years ago, um, while it was advanced, it was pretty rudimentary. Still. Sure. And so, so you think about how you use your Alexa device. You, you have to know what to say. Yeah. Your words have to be very exact. Yeah. Especially when you're like tying it to home automation and so forth. It's yeah, like, exactly. oh, I called that like this. Right. And if you don't use those words exactly, it's right. not happening. Right. Yeah. And so we, we were actually, um, the, 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 our speech teams at, in Alexa were coming up with some pretty cool stuff when I was uh, sort of in my last six months to a year there where, where, where you wouldn't have to force the developer to pick all the intents right. and to, and to do their own tuning of the model, which is basically kind of, you know, I think the industry has, has applied a lot of that thought into large language models. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so it's just, it's crazy to me to see, like, we used to have so many problems around dialogue management, carrying context over sure. things like anaphora. Like when you say, uh, you know, um, do you want the, the red one or the green one? You say, I'll take the first one. You know, like yeah. that, that was a very hard problem to solve and, and large language models and sort of chat GPT just absorb that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's funny what we, at the same time, it's language recognition was perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The fact that you used the wrong words was not its fault. Exactly. Right? Like it actually yeah. had already solved a really challenging problem, yeah. which, you know, we saw originally with things like Siri and so forth coming out of the earlier adversarial networks, which is now 10 years old. Right. Knows. And then you add in this context and understanding and yeah. extrapolation yeah. like yeah. these are yeah. all challenging yeah. ads i i mean i'm concerned that the way llms are done right now because it's so cloud intensive right this doesn't make sense for a ton of home devices that we're Correct. we're going to be more careful on how we apply it at least for now yeah i'm sure things will evolve but uh 
It's not like I want any of those devices gone. I like voice control for my home. Right. It's just, you know, I think certainly in Amazon's case, there was an intent that you would be ordering stuff through that device. Yeah. And I, right. largely that didn't happen. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's funny how we go into these things with one set of thoughts and and get different sets of results. Right. It's like, can we, you know, where was the revenue stream for that? I think those devices were basically sold for cost. Right. It cost Amazon money every day. Right. Using them. Yep. It's it's, expensive. You know. Yep. And so how do they how do they recoup that? Yep. Exactly. That's my concern with all these technologies. Is like, I need to know where it's being paid for because it's got to be paid for somewhere. And I, you know, yeah, I and the pay G- my shit, GPUs fine. and and sort of inferences for large language models are not cheap. Not cheap. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I know we're in this fun little heyday of the early days where it's like, what about this and what about that? Right. And everybody try this so we can find a way forward. But eventually, I have to pay for it, right? You right. know, one right. way or the other. Yeah. And uh, I've built enough software over the years to know that ROI is important. And it seems like 2023 is like the ROI year where we're all looking back and going, absolutely. Are we working on the things that make a difference? Right. You know. What's the bottom line? Yeah. Do we yep. have do we have the returns that are necessary? Like I look at ACS tooling and say, like, this is stuff that will save the company money. Yeah. But this is relatively low effort programming yep. for us to shorten response times on right. things, increase connection collaboration, so forth. Like that's easy wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's exactly right. Is um and, and and actually you talked about the ROI I love I love because there's two components of ROI. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's the benefit mm-hmm. and there's the cost, right? right? And so we can affect both. We think about both uh, from the perspective of our customers. So what's the cost of building a solution where you embed communications and how can we drive down that cost? So we've done things over time to say, hey, we've watched how complicated it is to build a good communication system. We'll do more of that work for you. Mm-hmm. We'll offer uh, pre-built components. We'll offer low-code, no-code solutions. Um, and then, uh, once we can kind of get the cost as low as possible, how do we, how do we make sure that you're getting, uh, positive incremental, incrementally positive benefits out of it? And, and that's where, um, we're thinking a lot about things like, what are the outcomes you want to drive? Mm-hmm. Um, can we help you achieve those outcomes better? So, um, that's where the fun is. Yeah. Providing good benefit is great. Right. Making it expensive as well, even better. Totally. Right? Exactly. Like you create that low yeah. barrier of entry for yeah. all those things. Yeah. So, I mean, most of our listeners here are assisted bins. They know the set of problems. It sounds like, in general, they're going to need to drag the developers to get involved in anything we do with ACS, although there is the low-code solution. Yep. So is this something, if I'm working in Power Platform, I could be pulling those elements in that way yeah, as well? Yeah, so there's, we, have, um, we have a couple of uh, ways through Power Platform as well as um, like Logic Apps, for example. Right. So, so you can pretty easily go and automate uh, alerts and notifications through SMS, uh, things like email, all through uh, uh, Logic Apps and Power Platform. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's where where we make it easy. If you're going to embed communications, we haven't, um, we haven't, so, like you could go through like a Power Virtual Agent, for example, and right. create a conversational AI bot. Um, but if you, if you have, you know, uh, say a web app and you want to embed communications, we'll still make that pretty easy, just a few lines of code, but, yeah. uh, but you are actually in the code at that point. Yes. Yep. So you have some coders available to you, yep. but it sounds like an awful lot of it can be assembled yep. Yep. fairly well. But I, I just think that often from an admin's perspective, we're looking across this landscape of software and right. looking at where the friction points are, yep. what pops tickets, you know, where, where problems is like, would some new interfacing help there? Like, yep. Is that a quick way to reduce those support costs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. And and the other thing too is, is as an admin, um, 
you you want to reduce the complexity, mm-hmm. right? So if, if we can help solve things in a low code, no code way, great. Um, if we can give you the right alerting so that you know what's happening, uh, we have to do that, obviously. Right. Um, but the other thing is, is let's make it so that you only have to focus on the problem you're trying to solve. And so that's where the power of running on the infrastructure that powers teams is, is awesome because you don't have to be a telephony expert. Right. You don't have to go and think about all these sort of complex networking scenarios. You just have to drop in a couple lines of JavaScript code into your, you know, experience and you can be off and running with having embedded calling in video. Yeah. I have all those pieces yeah. already automatically attached to it. Yeah. So there's not much more yeah, to exactly. do on top of that. Exactly. It's good to be in the Azure ecosystem though. Like you do need your, your, your M3C5 accounts. You want to, you want right. to have that, that presence there so that all of those pieces work for you. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing too, is um, we, we talk a lot about uh, differentiation and, and being in Azure is a differentiating factor for us as well. Right. Uh, it just got more powerful with, with, with open AI, mm-hmm. but we already had a really good AI story. Right. And so, um, being able to integrate with cognitive services, uh, get the power of, uh, of, uh, everything that was there prior to open AI, but now also open AI mm-hmm. within the Azure ecosystem is, is super important. The noise level so high on OpenAI, you forget how much work we were already doing. You know? Exactly. We kind of had image recognition nailed already. Like we that were really good at that. Really, we're really good at speech, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, really good at sentiment detection, yeah. transcription, translation. Uh, yeah. So um, so it's interesting because, yeah, you're right. Like OpenAI sort of is everything now, but but it's actually one component of the yeah. AI story. There's a bunch yeah. of other things right. I actually need to right. do, too. Yeah. Like we get back to some of those scenarios around doing tech support. Like if I can add camera into this so it's like we'll show you know i'm doing a remote refrigerator repair or a dishwasher repair and the guy can show his camera exactly and, and pan around the dishwasher maybe i can do some image recognition on top of this go yep. that is the right part number that is the you know those things and yeah and help them work through that it's interesting to think about how well we could support people remotely exactly exactly when you start being yep. able to utilize recognize yep. everybody's got a smartphone yep. like why isn't that just part of our tech support now? right and then the other nice thing about having all of that, I mean, so the, the tool set in Azure is so broad and deep mm-hmm. and powerful, but then having the consistency, uh, we, we leverage the same infrastructure for, for building our SDKs yeah. over, you know, a bunch of different languages. We, um, you, you can manage your spend in a very good way. You don't have to worry about ingress and egress, right? If you're, if you're uh, building one component on AWS and then you're getting some speech components out of Google Cloud, like you're paying for networking costs there. And sure. so being able to do it all in one place is a really, really powerful yeah, part, thing. I'm part, part of the equation overall. Yep. And yeah, can I get to the point where I can actually pull all those costs together and granularize them as I go, that tech support call costs this. Exactly. Right, like right. get it down, you yep. know where those dollars actually go. Yep. And how much it would have cost versus going in person or right. doing it the old-fashioned way. Exactly. Kind of twice as long. Like exactly. It's, it's interesting to think of all those bits. Yep. So what's for next for you, Bob? I mean, obviously, we're in the middle of build. You, you're busy as I'll get it, I'm sure. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think um, uh, it, this is a, I mean, it's a really fun time to be at Microsoft. Mm-hmm, I bet. Uh, and it's a really fun time to be in the communication space because, uh, communications and AI go so well together. Yeah. And so, um, I, we have a lot of really big ambitions and, and, and I think our team's got a lot of really great ideas about how we can really positively impact how our customers interact with their customers. And so, um, I think, I think we'll see a lot of, um, like at build actually, uh, where we just announced 
some really great products for being able to strengthen the automation and orchestration around mm -hmm. communications. So our call automation SDK, uh, we just announced it's going to be GA next month. Um, we also have a version of that that can bring in Teams users into the conversation, which is super powerful for anybody running a contact center. Right. So, so building on that momentum uh, by advancing orchestration, advancing AI integration, and really uh, helping customers solve those outcomes with their customers is going to be uh, what we're going to focus on easily for the next year or two probably three years should we see expect some new things by in the nighttime frame probably yeah inevitably yep. safe to say yeah <laughs> yeah okay well i think i'll be back doing this again you know back in the booth at ignite as well so i yep. might ring you up but we'll that'd try be, that'd be awesome i'd round. love to yeah all right uh bob sir thanks so much for coming on the show thank you i appreciate it and we'll talk to you next time on run as radio 